Welcome to episode 279 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent here. Jason's out this week, but I'm bringing you a good one because we've got a nice long talk with Dusty from Dirty Rotten. Had a chance to go over to his studio, Dirty Rotten Studios, and sit down with him and talk about everything he's got going on with his music, with his production work, with his sound work, all that stuff. It's a good one, so stay tuned for that. And also, I'm going to be playing some brand new music from the Chimps. And we'll also play Dusty's new song again that we played a few weeks ago. So, we'll get into that here shortly. But before we do, we've got to let you know who helps us pay the bills and keep this podcast afloat. And that is Med Farm, a dispensary located in Broken Air, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. They've got a huge selection, and you can check it all out at leafly.com. Follow them on all their socials, MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, on Facebook. Instagram is at MedFarmOK, and their website is MedFarmOK.com. They're always running specials, so get on there so you don't miss any. One of the specials that is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your first order, which is very cool. They also have a drive through so if you text your order or call in your order, call ahead, you can pull up right to that drive through and pick up your product and be on your way. That's a very cool service that most dispensaries don't offer. And another thing that most dispensaries, or I'm pretty sure all dispensaries don't offer, is 30% of their proceeds, nearly a third of their proceeds of their profit is going to build no-kill animal shelters. They've got one that's nearly on its way. And of course, we'll let you know once that's completed. That's why their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause, because they're doing great things. And we're very proud to support them as they su- support us here on this podcast. Also, Sunset Tattoo, right here in Tulsa at 3146 East 15th Street, right in the heart of Midtown. Can't miss them. They're right there next to Merritt's Bakery. So you can look and go in and buy some cupcakes or cookies. And go next door and get a tattoo, but be sure and wear your mask, or Jake will kick you out the door, rightfully so. But Jake's an amazing guy, as is everybody that works there. They've got over 25 years of experience. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed, and above all else, they are mother approved. If you send them a message or give them a call, you can set up a time to get in there and talk about what work you need to get done. You can also follow them on Instagram at, at Sunset Tattoo Tulsa. And Facebook, Sunset Tattoo Tulsa, to see all their work. They've got a ton of pictures on there you can check out. So get on there, give them a follow and a like, and let them know that Thunder Underground sent you. Hella Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company located in the San Francisco Bay Area of California. They're run by a husband and wife team. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. They've got several to choose from. You can check them out at hellahothotsauce.com. They also do artist collaborations. They've got a hot sauce with Ghoul called Brain Jerk. Digester from Ghoul was on this podcast before, which was a very interesting one to say the least. Check that one out if you haven't. And they've also got a collaboration with Florida Frank from Hatebreed called Florida Frank's Florida Heat. And Florida Frank was just on this podcast here back in April, and that was a great one. And his hot sauce is great as well. I know for a fact because I've tried it. Check it out on YouTube. We've got a recent video where I did a taste of it. 
during the unboxing, whenever Hella Hot sent us that hot sauce to check out. So get on Facebook and give them a follow and hit them up on their website and tell them we sent you. Finally, DEB Concerts, promoter located right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that has brought a ton of great acts to the Tulsa area, usually to the Ideal Ballroom, but they've also booked shows at Safari Joe's and the BOK Center. They brought in Snoop Dogg to the BOK Center last year. They had Poison, Tom Kiefer, and Sebastian Bach scheduled at the BOK this summer, but of course that got postponed, and next year we'll let you know when the date comes up on that. But in the meantime, at the IDL on August 15th, Dead Metal Society and Rocket Science will be playing. Both of those bands are excellent. Members of both those bands have been on this podcast before, and both bands put on great shows, so get on debconcerts.com to find out ticket info. And also be up to date on everything going on. They've also got one scheduled for later in October. On the 23rd, LA Guns will be making their way back to the Ideal Ballroom. Once they have openers announced, we'll let you know that as well. LA Guns have been there a couple of times and they've been great both times that I've seen them out there at the Ideal in recent, in recent years. Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis were both on this podcast as well. That was very cool. So, DBConcerts.com. Follow them on Facebook. And of course, like I said their website there keeps you up to date on everything and a huge thank you to deb concerts all right now that you know our sponsors i say we just jump into the music business here which is the chimps they have a brand new single that just dropped two days ago if you're listening to this on you know at least on the day it came out thursday july 30th is when this podcast is debuting here this episode i mean their single dropped on the 28th, so this is pretty fresh here. This song is called Not Enough. Walk in the room with my eyes closed I feel 
Not Enough from the Chimps. Brand new single that just dropped. That is Chimps with a Z at the end, not an S. So get on Facebook and give these guys a like. That song's great. Absolutely love it. These guys are fantastic live. I've seen them out at Rocklahoma. Hopefully we can see them back at Rocklahoma one day. I don't know if... Hopefully it'll be 2021 when we get festivals back. But if not, 2022, who knows? You all know that. that All that crap's up in the air and it kind of sucks. But the point of all this is, is the Chimps are great live and they're great in studio, as you could hear right there. There's also a video for that song. So pull them up. Subscribe to them on YouTube. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on all our socials. And tell them Thunder Underground sent you. All right. I think... uh I don't really have much to say, and I was I was trying to think of, you know, something of random topics to talk about, but I don't think I need to on this one, because me and Dusty sat down and talked for over an hour, so we've got a good lengthy episode here. You don't need to hear me rambling on ahead of time, so I figure let's just jump into this. Dusty is dirty rotten. I was going to say the vocalist, the musician, he's, he is dirty rotten, as you'll hear on this this, I'm going to play his song Creature after the interview ends. We actually debuted the song here on the podcast about two or three weeks ago on our episode with the vocalist for the Violent Idols. It's actually still the only place you can hear it is on this podcast, at least for a few more days. He said he was going to drop it officially in early August. It's been on, I think, a couple other podcasts. I know it's been played on Rock Rage Radio. It's been played overseas on some radio stations over there. So this thing is getting some some play, but the only place that you can go and click on and hear it is on this podcast. So check out that episode again with V of Violent Idols. You can hear the you know you can hear it there, and you can also hear it right here here in a little bit after this ends. But yeah, Dusty, like I said, does everything for Dirty Rotten. We kind of talk about that here in the in the interview, like his idea for a live show whenever. That day comes. Thing I, I really love and respect about Dusty is this guy is one of those people that puts in the work and keeps putting in the work. I mean, he's a he's a sound guy for the Vanguard, which is a venue here in Tulsa, one of the best venues in this area. And that you know is a you know full time thing because they they have shows. You know, at least when I remember looking at their schedule all the time back when shows were happening all the time, four or five days a week. You know, and he's doing that constantly. And now, even with that, you know, taking a back seat because of the pandemic, the guy's still putting in production work for bands, and he's still making his own music, as you heard with his new song, Creature. He doesn't let up. That's the kind of thing we've, Jason and I have tried to do with this podcast as well. We just dove into it with no experience five years ago when we started this thing in 2015, and just kept going. That's how you got to do some of these things. If you want to do it, do it. And I think that's the great thing that, that Dusty shows us all. So let's just jump into this right here. Here's Dusty Robinson from Dirty Rotten. I went part-time on my job a couple years ago and started working at music festivals and 
that kind of thing. And of course, once this hit, like this year is fucked. <laughs> right. For me, as far as that goes. Right. But I know you're kind of in a similar position as far as your job running sound. And I don't know if you shut down the studio during all that time. I think I noticed you said I, you were back up this I past week. I did for yeah. when it first happened. I mean, what in the meantime, what did you... Not shit. Not shit. Okay. I mean, I'll be real. <laughs> you know, that's all I do is music. And yeah. when this hit, it was just... Just full stop. Yeah. And... I didn't want to have people over here and risk anything either, you right. know, I'm not be an idiot about it, but as time goes on, I think I've only recorded maybe two people since this happened. Really? Yeah, but people I'm pretty close to anyway, so it's not like strangers are coming in and out. I wouldn't do that anyway. Right. You know, I'm kind of personal when it comes to recording. Really? As a producer, you know what I mean? Like, kind of picky who I want to record. That's cool. Who I will record. Yeah. You know, because it's pretty intimate. I'll spend a lot of time with you, yeah, recording with you, you know, so can't be any awkwardness or fakeness or right. I just don't want to operate like that. I don't think I'll get a good result right. that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want you to be you and me to be me yeah. and just let it happen, you know? Yeah. I've gotten way better results doing that, man. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, because, I mean, you hear about producers that are completely immersed in the creative mm. process and everything and you know pushing it which way or the other and then you also hear about producers that are just straight up just handling the right the technical stuff and the band you know handles all the creative like so are you more involved as much as possible or does it just kind of depend on i don't step artist? on toes yeah. but i will make suggestions i mean i'm not gonna be like do it this way only because i think it's cool we'll try it because you can try anything in the studio yeah. you can always go back and delete it but if you got it, you got it there to work with. If you don't have it, you don't have it there to work with. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the band's already got their shit together and they come in and we do it, then more power, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't stop and critique unless it's bad. And it's and then it's gotta be really bad for me to be like, hey, well <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's different, I guess. Yeah. But I mean I like all kinds of music. I'm a weirdo about it. Like, no genre is safe <laughs> with me type of thing. You know what I mean? Well, you can hear that in your own music, too. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. Of, a lot of variety. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of torn <laughs> on which way to go with my original stuff because I've got acoustic stuff out. I've got metal stuff out. I've got rock, blues. i got funk that i got hip-hop stuff out you know i've got just all this different collaborations i've been doing with people too so it's weird i just like music you know I like creating yeah it's all i do it's my escape it keeps me sane yeah you know really I'm serious well during that downtime did that give you time to focus on your own stuff more than yeah. you would if yeah. You were working nonstop. Yeah, I wrote this really cool song. It's called Creature. I'm about to release it pretty soon. Okay. Uh, it's about being alive, feeling alive during the time that we're in now. When okay. It's easy not to feel alive right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's going to drop pretty soon, but with all that time on my hands, it's easy to go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. in the studio 
you know. I mean, I'll look up, maybe 4.30 in the morning, <laughs> you know. I'm like, wow, I've been in here for 14 hours. Wow. I can't see straight. My head is pounding, you know. But once you go down that rabbit hole, you just keep going. Yeah. Was that something when you come back to it the next day or after some time away from it? Do you ever hear something that... Oh, all the time. You know, like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that because I was kind of, you know, all 15 hours in or whatever. All the time. That <laughs> happens almost all the time. But it's like I said, I'd rather have that stuff there and be able to delete it, you know what I'm saying, and not have it there and want it later. Or yeah. or just forget the... Sometimes you'll forget the idea. You've yeah. worked on so much stuff for so many hours or different projects. I mean, whew, it's gone. You know, that riff. What, what did I do there? I don't remember. <laughs> I didn't record it. Damn. <laughs> You know? Yeah. But yeah. And being that it's my little home studio, I'm out here all the time. You know? I'm out here a little too much <laughs> sometimes, I think. And yeah. I have to get away from it. You know? Do you do anything digitally, like over the internet? Or, I mean, you mentioned everything's kind of personal with people you know or like or whatever. Um, so you kind of stick to all the to the in-person well, process. Yeah, yeah, and like I'll do the file sharing thing to where like somebody sends me a beat or something, you know, we could I'll send it to whoever I want to do the verse or if I have somebody in mind to do the chorus or something. If they can't get over here, well if they have a, the technology and the computer system, the digital audio workstation, microphones, all that stuff, then we can work back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm doing that right now with Jared Boss, who, okay. uh, a.k.a. Solar Star. Shout out, S S Solar Star. He's really good. And uh, my buddy Jake, we've been uh, going back and forth doing stuff like that. And I've done that for uh, my solo stuff. Like um, one of my songs has a really rad solo in it. And my buddy Andy Ingram did it. He plays for Bravo Delta, and he's out in Vegas. Okay. So we're just sending vials back and forth. You know, it's kind of how people do it now. Anyway, yeah. if you're an artist, you kind of have your own stuff, right. I would think, you know. Was that Burn Away? Um, yes. That, that's, yes, yeah. that is Burn Away. And that also has my buddy Eric Rose on it. I don't know if you guys know Eric. He's he a uh, guitar player for uh, Jack catch in the build rap bastards okay that 12 piece pirate band or yeah. 14 piece whatever piece yeah i think there's 17 people in that band <laughs> yeah i've seen him yeah he's played for a bunch of people he's cool <laughs> but he did some vocals for me on that song and i like to do stuff like that i don't want it to just be me on certain stuff you know I like to pepper it up plus i feel like collaborating opens more doors you know for everyone involved right you know that six degrees of separation is real man yeah i believe that's real well you kind of mentioned on your like the dirty rotten stuff like how do you how do you approach writing since everything's like you said there's a lot of different genres and you know all the all the songs of yours i've heard at least the rock songs you know it's kind of borderline what? industrial sometimes, sometimes yeah. metal, sometimes, <laughs> right. you know, rap metal, sometimes man, it's melodic. Just, it's know? just the moods I'm in, man. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't, like, sit down and write. 
Really? I'm not like poetic like that. Okay. Really? You know, I mean, I can do it. I've ghost written for some people too, but it's just what mood I'm in, how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? That day I'll come in here and just riff around. And by the end of the day, I've done a song and it sounds that way. Oh, well, it just came out that way. <laughs> I didn't try. You know, it's just how I was feeling that day. You know, some days I'll be pissed off and come in here and it'll come out just nasty. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just rude as can be. You know, and that's pretty much where my dirty rotten music is pretty rude, I would say. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, truthful, you know, because I, shit, I'm 37. I grew up in the 90s, man, listening to all the cool shit, dude, and a wide variety of it, you know? Yeah. And I'm open-minded with music. I like so much music from like you said, industrial, like Nine Inch Nails and angry shit like Rage Against the Machine to hip-hop, you know, to country music even, you know. There's so much music. There's so much good music out there. How can you be closed-minded yeah. when there's so much good vibes you could pick on, pick up on? Definitely. You know? Yeah, that's how I've always felt. I'm... I like something from pretty much every genre, except yeah. maybe EDM. <laughs> I feel like I could find something in in every genre, but I feel you on the EDM shit because <laughs> it's repetitive. But there are producers out there that kill that stuff, man. Yeah, and it may sound repetitive, but they they spend a lot of time on it and they know what they're doing. Yeah, and it may sound like there's only two or three, four things going on, but they've perfected them. <laughs> and and did a really good job and one of the best producers in town i'm gonna give him a shout out that i know in that genre right there is uh jonathan troy ford okay with uh 1952 records and uh slack.com he's a hell of a producer man yeah i've seen some edm live at festivals and stuff and it's always i, I enjoy it when it's live but it's just oh, not yeah. something I could that's, ever... Yeah, that's what it is, man. It's I, that vibe. It's yeah. that scenery. You know what I mean? And you can get into that stuff for sure. Yeah. You know, and those people are so cool and so positive and not about any bad... You know, they just want to have a good time, man. That's what they're there for. And being a sound guy, man, I've seen all... I've seen all aspects of all walks of life, of all genres, of all approaches, of all... I mean, from comedian acts to magicians to i've ran lapel mics on governors and stupid shit like that at the <laughs> hotels and i mean just a, a world of craziness it was opened up to me when i started doing audio yeah. you know i felt like like i was in this band the boogie and we did really good and it was a blues band and we were just stuck in that blues genre we couldn't get out, and that's fine, but if you want more, you, you're not gonna, that's all you can do. You're just in that box, in that genre. And right. I felt like, as a bassist, I'm just gonna be stuck in that genre. You know what I mean? So then I go do rock music, and then same thing, I get in a box there, and I'm like, damn, I wanna do other, but I can't apply that to that genre, because it doesn't fit, you know? <laughs> so then I try this other one, and then that's how I just bounced around doing it. You know, and then the day came to where I wanted to put music out on my own. And I'm calling studios and like, hey, how much is studio time? And the price is 
blew my mind. I mean, I'm young, you know what I mean? Probably 17 or 18. Okay. And I'm thinking, damn, 45, 50 bucks an hour. Wow. That's a lot of money, you know? And over time, I just learned how to do it myself. <laughs> I've always had a little pocket recorder, you know, or the old school ones that you'd, uh, you probably remember. You, it was a cassette tape. It was like a big old rectangle thing. Oh, yeah. And a cassette tape. It yeah. had all the big buttons on it. Yeah. And you could record on a big old cassette. I had the little <laughs> mini tape ones. I wish I still had, could find some of those. I've actually still got one of the, the mini ones. Yeah. I don't like, think I have any of the actual, like, blank yeah, tapes, but I've still got that mini recorder. Ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got some music on some of that stuff somewhere. But like I said, I've been playing forever. First band I was in, I was probably. 13. Oh, wow. With my buddy Rusty. Rusty Rowe. <laughs> was that here? Yeah, it was here in Tulsa. Okay. Yeah. He played bass and I played guitar. And then later on down the line, I started playing bass and guitar. And then it shifted to I started playing bass more. So I became a bassist instead of a guitar player, even <laughs> though I could play guitar just as well. You know, yeah. and play drums. When I go play with people, I just like playing bass. It's my thing. Yeah. Know? What do you think is bass with what you think you're best at of like instruments? It's uh, a tough one, man. I think I'm equally good on bass guitar and at rhythm guitar. Probably about right about the same, you know. I'm okay at lead guitar. I don't claim to be a lead guitar player. I can do it, but I'm not super quick. But uh, I can play drums too, but yeah. I consider myself a novice. I'm no no expert on the drum kit, but you know, I can get through a song and record my own beats and chop them up and stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Do you do session? Yeah, I do say I yeah. Work as well. Session musician work? Yeah. Yeah. I'll do guitar parts for people or bass parts or whatever if they okay. need it, you know. I've done that for that's that's actually what got me into wanting to make my own studio, aside from not wanting to pay for studio time, <laughs> you know, and, and figuring out on my own how to do it because it's just so interesting that uh I was pretty much interning, if you want to call it that, helping out down there at Brady Street Records. Uh, shout out to Brian Osborne down there. He kind of put a foot in my ass to get me started to do all this. Kind of, you know, made the ripple in the pond, so to speak. Along with Kelly Inslee and Donnie Kreitz. I got to shout them guys out. Rest in peace, Donnie Kreitz, for sure. But that's, that's uh, I was interning at Brady street records down there downtown and just he'd have people in there that needed something done and i would just i was there it's like right place right time yeah you know i mean i've even done keyboard parts oh, I, don't, wow. I don't even play keyboard man <laughs> i just sat in front of it and was like like that does it go like that and he's like yeah like that and he's like damn it i hate you <laughs> i hate people like you pick up an instrument and just play it yeah i'm like well fuck i've been around it my whole life <laughs> I can't, whatever. Well, so on your, on your solo stuff is, I mean, outside of like you mentioned on 
you know, the guest spots you had on Burnaway and stuff, is most of it you doing everything? Yeah. Or do you bring in people just randomly? Yeah, I do. Huh? I compose it all. Okay. Yeah. And if I can't perform it, I'll just hire somebody that can, or like I said, get a buddy that I know that can just destroy a lead guitar. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know I can't do stuff where I don't have the gear to do that. You know what I mean? So I've done that. Uh, drummers for sure. We've gotten uh, different drummers featured on my stuff. Uh, Daniel Castleberry is on one of my tracks. He's a drummer for the Neo Romantics and a few other projects. Works down at the Vanguard with me. He, uh, he runs Perennial Booking Agency. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I can't do it, I'll find somebody to do it for me, or I'll just MIDI it in. I'll program it into studio. It may take forever, but I'll sit there and be like, kick, snare, kick, snare, wow. and drawing it in, and then moving it, and then relocating, just building it, you know? Yeah. That's us. Sometimes, man, it'll... I'll spend three months on a song. Wow. Easily. The new one, Creature, that I'm about to release, I was working on it just like maybe a week after this COVID hit and everything shut down. And what's it been, three, four months now? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and I still haven't released it. I'm weird like that, too. Well, I used to be perfectionist on that kind of stuff yeah i want it to be right i want it to sound right but once you put it out there it's out there forever and it's like it's your brand you know and i feel like you should live your brand there's nothing fake in my music about my life or my experiences or any like exaggerations you know i try to keep it as real as possible you know, try to tell the story uh, looking through my eyes, you know, kind of how I perceive the world. Yeah. Not everybody's going to like it, but some people will, some people won't, you know. Variety is what I try to give people as a producer. You know, I've got a ton of different shit out, but it's dirty rotten. It's just disrespectful, rude, yeah. dirty, you know. One of my biggest influences is uh, Ice T from from uh, everybody knows Ice T. Yeah, and his band Body Count is just badass to me. I, I love it, man. Yeah, it's you know, uh, it's got a powerful message. It's not like some negative shit either. You know, it's not boastful and macho or toxic or none of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just raw real shit i don't know how to describe it i just love it i connect with it you know yeah. and <laughs> and their new stuff is just as oh, great man. as their they're when so they debuted, good you know they're yeah. so good and that's that's weird for me to balance all it's like a yin and a yang you got to have that balance and it's weird for me to balance that because I've played in other bands that are like, I, I've had to be like vanilla to myself. Like I've played in cover bands to where, you know, I'm just playing the part or whatever. I can yeah. still play that shit all day, you know? 
not, I don't necessarily listen to country music, but I could play all that. You know, I've played in bands, casino circuits doing that stuff. Pop music, it's like, you know what I'm getting at? It's just like yeah. once you do music, music is music, man. It doesn't matter what genre it is. You can still play it, you know? But I, I, I kind of kind of do this uh, Jekyll and Hyde thing with, yeah, I can play all that stuff and it's cool, but eh, I don't really want to. And then the other side of me just comes out and my original music is just rotten. You know, <laughs> I don't know. sometimes I, I listen to it and I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, wow, you know, <laughs> that's pretty dark. I usually don't like to ask people where the band name came from, but that kind of leads into that. Is that that's uh, exactly where was it was something from. where it, yeah, you, you had and, the music uh, and you thought, well, this is well, this my, is rotten. And so. growing up, everybody <laughs> called me Dirty. Oh, gotcha. You know what I mean? They'd be like, what's up, Dirty or uh, Dirt, uh, Big Dirty. They call me, you know, I got a bunch of stupid nicknames. <laughs> Low Down, Dirty Rotten is gotcha. what I was coined in the $5 Sugar as a bass player because I held down the low end. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, you nailed it right there. You know, it's not, I wouldn't say it's bubbly, uplifting, positive music. You know, it's not I hate the world shit either, but I'm going through it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, yeah, you can tell it's pissed off. Yeah, this is my outlet, man. And yeah. if this is, is, if I don't have my outlet, you know, the world's going to be my outlet. <laughs> and uh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> Keeps me sane. Well, is the Dirty Rotten stuff something you've thought about doing live? Oh, yeah. For sure. Uh, like, would you want to construct a a permanent band for that or is it something you might do just kind of a rotating if i ever did it would be it had to be on some super professional level and call me snobby whatever i know what i want you know what i mean i know what i need to do to get what i want and if i was to put something together like that i'd hire professionals for sure um buddies for sure hell everybody i know is a musician man yeah i i probably don't even know three people that aren't musicians <laughs> seriously you know <laughs> tulsa is just full of musicians man and once you've been out here for 20 years almost you end up knowing everybody or of everybody you know yeah but if i ever did it had to be strictly professional and the bar is going to be set real high um we're we're playing canes or the brady or something we're not playing no minuscule because i feel like i've done that i've done that so many times in my life with other bands and other products like it's it's the same amount i've told people this all the time it's the same amount of effort to pick up that phone and try to book your band or artist at a major venue right yeah as it is to call a dive bar yeah. or to call a local venue or it's the same amount of work and effort, you know? Yeah. And people will tell you yes or no. Right. I've played the Canes 14 times because of that attitude. Yeah. You know, if you don't ask, you're not going to get the answer. Yeah. Why be afraid to ask? Yeah. You know? 
that's a great point because I I learned that pretty early on doing this podcast. It's like I was like, well, there's no reason to ask, you know, Black Sabbath when they're coming through town to be on this podcast. But I'm like, well, fuck it. So I just started asking, no matter who yeah. it was. And I mean, I would get responses right. from the PR for like Robert Plant and Ted Nugent and Black Amazing. Sabbath, just big time people. Right. I'd get actual, you know, responses like, thanks for your interest, but they can't do it before I'd get responses from sure. someone playing the dive bar, like right. you said. And it's so, uplifting and it's addictive yeah, it makes, yeah. and it makes you think that's not out of my reach. Yeah. That's right there. Yeah. I just need a little foot in the door and I'm <laughs> in, Yeah, you know, and then it's how you handle your business once that foot's in the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the direction well, I would go if I do anything live with it. And... I've only had it dirty rotten out for maybe five years, like this year, maybe the fifth year tops, you know, so it's not been out that long as with this style. Yeah. Well, the way, you know, music's kind of went these days, the way you're doing it where you're putting out a single every few months, yeah. it's kind of, kind of the way, you know, you, you do it in this age yeah. and it works because it's. You're always there with yeah. something new every once in a while you instead of putting it. out an album every three years. You, you know? said it, man. Yeah. And it's weird because locally, it's kind of like a science experiment. Okay, you've been in all these bands. You know what not to do. You can release a full album, 20 songs on it, right? Well, you just released all your songs that you worked on for all that time in one go and one shot, pow, and now everybody's got that, and that's all they got, and that's all they got to listen to. They don't have anything else to listen to or to look forward to, you know what I mean? Especially if you're not a big, big band, you know, you're a local artist like myself, I would rather put out one single at a time every few months, you know, and then compile them and then maybe put out a compilation cd or something like that yeah because this day and age you put out a song in a month it's irrelevant yeah you know the next month another song it's irrelevant nobody's buying cds anymore everything is digital and everything is so it moves so fast yeah. hell you know that you know that's and that's honestly why i haven't put a whole album together and said bam here's my whole album check this out and i made this cd and printed up all this bullshit and made all this because at the end of the day it's the same result. Yeah. You're going to get the same result, the same stimulation from your fans with that single release, right? Yeah. And then give them something and then wait and do it again. Wait and do it again. But that's just my opinion on it. You know, people can do however they want to do it, but that's how I've found success doing it. You know, yeah. they, uh, my first song I put out when I changed Dirty Rotten kind of into this, because I was doing original music and I still had the name Dirty Rotten and I just threw some of that on there on like Reverb Nation like three and a half years ago. It was like bluesy rock. Okay. So I kind of just deleted that, you know, kept it under this wheelhouse, you know, if I'm going to be that brand, I need to be that brand. Well, as far as uh, running sound goes, like, how did you end up getting into that? And how, I mean, how long have you been doing that? Uh, probably 17 years. Okay. 
probably going on 17 years. I started doing it when I was about 20. I'm was 37. It after working at Brady Street that kind of uh, pushed into that, or no? Nah, it was like I said, I was in bands and hell, we're broke teenagers and shit. You know what I mean? We ain't got no gear. <laughs> going to pawn shops and getting stuff, borrowing stuff, and this and that. And eventually, you want to record. And like I said, you call studios and they're too much money, so you're like, let's just pirate a recording program on this computer. You know, I'm talking 1998 shit, man. Yeah. You know, cool edit, stuff like that. <laughs> that, what, you know, just the cheapest of the cheap digital audio workstation, but it worked, you know. And then you kind of get hooked. I kind of got hooked on it. I, it's so interesting to me how it all works, you know. I've always wanted to know how it all worked to question fucking everything this is how i am you know i'm weird like that but i didn't want to pay for that studio time because i think i mean i could spend five hours in here just piecing something together at my own leisure you know and when you when you're at a different studio it's like you're on the clock there's that pressure you got a deadline you know, it's a different vibe for me, and I personally didn't, I could still perform, but I didn't perform at my best when I felt that way, because I, you feel that atmosphere, you know, you especially doing session work, if the artist is there with you, they're just staring you down while you're doing, I mean, and you gotta <laughs> be able to roll with the punches and get it done, but it kind of made me think like, man, I could do this, you know, I could do that and I could do it my own way, you know, and, uh, I've had fun with it, man. I've helped a lot of people out, you know, like full albums for dirt cheap. And, uh, I think that's where it's at, you know, cause I'm not some gaudy studio. I'm not some, you know, going to charge somebody 50 bucks an hour. Yeah. for some bullshit I can do and you know half the time for half the money because I didn't want to feel like that I didn't want to be treated like that I knew how it made me feel you know and then when I got the opposite taste of that it was like a fire lit inside of me and it was just like the most uplifting thing to be like wow you can do that and you're good at it and like you it introduces you to so many people and opens up so many doors. And I'm not even a people person, you know, I'm no introvert, but I'm not a people person like that. But it kind of forced me into that world too, to where, you know, you create relationships with people like professional acquaintance type of things that you never thought you ever would have met this person. Yeah. If it wasn't for that music, you know, and I think about this today, every day, like, wow, man, I can't, I grew up to do this. I grew up and I'm doing this. this is nuts. Like, I was the only one in my family that, like, played guitar growing up. My uncles all did, and I thought they were just so cool, you know. And that's what made me want to play guitar, being a band or whatever. But then, you know, you got your family members saying, oh, they had a hard time with it, and then. You know, being in a band is rough. They're looking out for you. You know, they're not just trying to shoot you down or anything. But, right. you know, they're telling you their old war stories when they's in bands and playing them old rowdy bars. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. 
And then you got the other side of the family saying how much of a failure they were and they didn't make no money with their music and then people end up pawning your things and all and everything they said was true and came <laughs> to life that's for sure but i'm so hard-headed with it i wanted to show them and myself that i want to i can do this and not just on some hobbyist level and i can do it without being a snob you know and i can do it with being myself it's like a trifecta once you find all that and you have your own sound man, now you just need the time, Yeah, you know, put the time in, what's holding you back, what's stopping you, Yeah, you know, my, my first single I released is called I'm Trouble, and uh, it's got, I kind of mixed two body count songs, lyrics kind of together, you know what I mean, but I kind of put my own twist on it. So it's got that nasty type of, you know, I'm troublesome and I'm going through all this shit attitude. But my first release, I didn't mess around. I didn't send it to anybody locally. I copywritten it, read it, however you say that, right away. I got it published right away. I got it digital, distroed right away. I did all the right things I needed to do right away. I didn't even give it to one person here locally, nothing. And I got on my computer for probably six hours emailing podcasts, radio stations, I mean, everything you can think of. And guess what? Somebody said, yeah, they'll play my song. You know, Rock Rage Radio, Tattoo Metal Radio, stuff like that. Germany, Russia, Brazil, England, Italy, you name it. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? How did it, how did it ain't been out six days? Next thing I know. I get a bank statement, 6000 some odd dollars off of this one song I released, and it ain't been out seven days. <laughs> it was just a fluke thing that happened, and it popped off out over in Germany. There's this radio station called Tattoo Metal Radio and uh, Rock Rage Radio, and they have all these syndicates, like every state yeah. and every major city has their own little syndicate, and they do it overseas, too. And, uh, man, they ate my stuff up over there. It blew my mind. I, I was like, this has to be a mistake. <laughs> it's got to be a mistake. I've gotten $60 royalty checks before, 41 30 you know, 100 150 I think the, oh. and then, bam, 6000 I was like, what? How did this happen? I'm even <laughs> contacting. Was that from, like, download sales? Or yeah. Yeah. Only digital sales. Wow. And it it takes a lot of sales to get to that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was amazed by it. But I'm not saying that to brag. I'm bringing that up because that motivated me. That showed me, holy shit. What, what have I been doing this whole time? I, why, why did I hit the brakes on doing this? I should be full force doing this, beating down all the doors saying, hey, play my music, play my music, check me out, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And wow, just the result you'll get is just wow. And then you just pulls you in <laughs> Yeah. and you get stuck on it. The next thing I need to do is some videos, though, because I feel like that's where everybody's at is if you don't have a video out, you're not really relevant, 
really, you know. Everybody's got a damn video out. Right. That's another revenue stream as well. If you right. And then you got to get some views <laughs> on YouTube or whatever. Right. <laughs> you got to put that time in. There's yeah. so many social media sites you got to stay on top of. Yeah. YouTube alone. And I'm picky, man. If I put a video together, it's it ain't going to be some bullshit little video. Yeah. It's not going to be some, oh, yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? I want people to be like, whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. You know, spend the time on it. Spend yeah. the money on it, man. Give somebody a product, you know. Is that something you have experience or knowledge in, or is that something doing you video? Would, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm actually a audio video visual certified. Okay, I had to get certified to uh, take this job I had years ago, doing audio visual for uh, the hotel. Okay, uh, the Double Tree, because I was running sound for like governors and mayors, and yeah, it was odd. It was like security clearance. You had to be. You know what I mean. Yeah. They're government officials. There's like security next to you while you're in front of a mixing console, <laughs> you know, running this guy's lapel mic. Yeah. This is the weirdest shit, man. <laughs> was, that, was that the first like sound, live sound job you had? No. Or were you doing music before that? Yeah, way before that. Okay. Um, the first sound gig I ever did was at my buddy's wedding last minute he was like hey man they don't know how to work this cd player and they don't know how to hook it up to this mixer and they don't know how to turn the mixer on or the pa and i need to make this speech and we gotta do this dance and i got like five minutes and he's like help <laughs> you know and i had never seen any of that gear well a dvd player that was their cd player or whatever but big old giant it was a church big old giant console and I got it done for him, you know. And after that, I was like, hey, man, that's cool. Everybody was high-fiving me, you know. I had to cue everything up, like, right on time for him to, like, give her the ring. And, I mean, under pressure, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, don't mess this up, man. You know, <laughs> you're going you gonna to fuck my wedding up if you mess this up, <laughs> you know. My buddy Billy. <laughs> yeah, man, I was probably 21, 20, 21 years old. What'd you end up getting into, like, live shows, like concerts? Like, who? what was the first gig you had doing that? When I started playing out live, doing uh, bar gigs, cover band gigs, I would just kind of take over the controls. We always had our own mixer kind of on the side of the stage, and we had to run our own sound, and... I don't know. I just did it. I don't know. So I just kind of I just kind of did it. Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of was drawn to yeah. it like I'll do it. Like get out of the way. You know, you're just going to fuck it up. Let me do it. <laughs> you know, just that attitude. Just cuz you own a mixing console doesn't make you the sound guy. I know that's for sure. <laughs> Man. But yeah, playing bars, running your own sound. Then bands figured out I could do it and then they're like, "Hey, we'll hire you to come run our sound at our show." I'm like, all right. Then the band I was in with Brian from Brady Street Records was ADD back in the day. And we had to run our own sound. And he had a PA system. He was working for Brady Street. He would let me take the PA and go run sound at like Fishbones when it existed. And, yeah. all, you know, CJ Maloney's and all that shit out there. I've done all that. 
you know, hook up the trailer and go. Yeah. Tr- trusted me with the whole PAC, everything, man. You know, it's like, all right, let's do this, you know. That's... Showed me a lot, and that's how I got into doing that. And then that opened up a door for other cover bands to be like, oh, you play bass too? Hey, you think you can come play with, you know, with, with us on this night? And then next thing you know, you're playing the casino circuit and not doing sound, <laughs> you know, and then you don't do that, and then you go back to the studio and... It's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth with me for so long I did that. It's back and forth shit, man. <laughs> Until I got sick of it. And I said, you know what? I'm sick of doing what everybody else wants me to do. Because as a bassist, I was feeling like I'm just accompanying people. Accompaniment, accompaniment I guess is the word for that, as a musician. you know. And I want to stand out. Sometimes, you know, I not necessarily want to be the star of the show, but you know that feeling like I'm, I'm much more than this, yeah. you know, and you guys aren't letting me be more than this. You just want me to shut up, stand back here, play this, don't play a bunch of flashy shit, you know, which is kind of what I, my point earlier about like in certain genres, you just can't pull that stuff off, man. You know, you got to. Do it in a different genre. Do those <laughs> tricks somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Well, running sound at, like, the Vanguard, you know, is a full-time deal. Have you had any, like, horror stories or anything with any national bands coming through, like, giving you shit or, like, hard to deal with? I mean, I have to name names or anything. I just oh, man. Yeah. There's been some times. Bands showing up late. That's oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. One of the worst. I'll name the name. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Riff Raff. <laughs> His crew was, I mean, just disrespectful as hell. As soon as they got off the bus, man. And we do this every week. Every week. I'm not impressed by you. I'm not starstruck by you. You know what I mean? I yeah. ran, I've been next four feet from Aretha Franklin. You're not impressing me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we don't need, I'm just professional. We don't need to go there. Come in there with a badass attitude. You know, unprofessional. Don't say nothing to nobody. And he has these shitty wireless mics. And everything's fine during sound check. I mean, and this place is packed. 480 people in there. They get on stage, start singing in those wireless mics, and I don't know what happened, but everything was like, <laughs> oh gosh. So I'm no fool. I've done this long enough. I had wired microphones stashed on stage right, just in case your wireless messes up. You know, the battery could go out, the RF frequency could get scrambled because there's 480 cell phones in this room right now, right? The DJ stops the music, packed house, and is like, I mean, just digging into me, like, I need these mics fixed, blah, 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 this and that, come up here and fix these mics, blah, blah. And I get in the talkback mic so I can tell him from the console what to do, like, hey, grab those mics that are on the floor. And as soon as I say, hey, 
go do that. He gets in the mic and he's like, I don't want to fucking hear that shit. I said, fix it. Blah, blah, this and that. I didn't fix it. <laughs> I let him, I let him, his whole show ride like that. <laughs> I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Fire me. Kick me out. You know, you're not going to do that to me. Uh, and that's bullshit. You know what I mean? There's, this is one little story I've had about <laughs> stuff like that. Right. And at the end of the night, them guys come up to you and they apologize. And they shake your hand. They say, I'm sorry, man. I shouldn't have done that. And I understand why you just threw your hands up in the air and was like, fuck it. You know? Yeah. Shit, I worked at the Marquee before it was the Vanguard. And uh, <laughs> there'd be winters with no heat in there. There'd be summers with no air conditioner. Yeah. I mean, man. Too many nightmare stories to tell, really. <laughs> but the good outweighs the bad, though, on that. Because I've met so many people that I've never thought I would. Major artists that I grew up listening to, being a fan of. You know? Just blows me away, man. Yeah. That I could do that. But if I didn't play music... That wouldn't have got me there, you know. When you mentioned uh, like someone sending you beats, and I saw that just the other day, I think on Facebook, you had someone had mentioned something about sending you beats. It's like, how do you go through that process of like developing it into something? Because I mean, that's kind of like out of my realm of of making the beat. Yeah, well, I mean, like if someone sends you a fully developed beat, uh huh. Like, how do you go through the process of thinking, okay, this is what I need to put on top of this? Or... I, I just listen to it, man. Yeah. And I kind of just Amazing. feel it, you is know. Is it something that takes takes you listening to quite a bit? Or do yeah, you, can I'll listen you just... to it a few times for sure. I uh, have it in the car going every time I drive somewhere. and I try to get the hook first or the chorus first or find some sort of subject matter to go off of. Yeah. You know, because if I have the subject matter, it's like a spider web of things I can go off of. But the proper subject matter has to fit for the vibe of the song, you know, or it ain't going to work. And it's also got to be relatable and kind of, I wouldn't say trendy, but in the now, you know, relevant yeah. probably is what I should say to that. And uh, I'll just go back and forth with people like, do you have an idea for this hook or, you know, why did you make this beat? What were you feeling when you made this beat? You know what I mean? Um, sometimes I'll put lead guitar on them. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll lead their beat fine. Or they'll send me the stem files and I'll remix their beat completely. You know, it's their beat. They composed it. Yeah. But I'll just EQ it differently. I won't you know, rearrange anything, but I'll bring out the snare, maybe stupid shit like that. Do some panning or whatever. But, uh, I've been wanting to get more into this little hip hop rap rock collab thing. And I just am starting one with solar star. He's the first feature that I have on this new project. I don't even know what to call it, but, I feel like that's my next step because I've, I've done everything else, really. You know what I mean? And I just want to expand, you know? I'm not claiming to be a rapper by any means. 
you know, I'm a musician and a producer, but I, I, I can write and I can rap and I have a sound to my voice, especially in the studio. I know how to do the, to do the cadences and the presentation and the delivery of it, right? You know, and I can express myself in different ways than I can if I'm playing you know, in a rock band or something like that. There's right. certain, certain stuff you can't express. And I think that's why I'm here now with, with what I'm doing now. Because all these trials and tribulations of doing other things that I really couldn't self-express. You know, I'm just going along with what people want to do and this and that. And then I try to make my own thing. And I kind of struggle with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know a lot of musicians, a lot of players that I could have come over and play and do this and that. But at the end of the day, I do this pendulum thing. Like, and not that is it worth it. Is the timing right yet? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I don't want to bring people into something and just boast them up. And then, you know, they get antsy and show hungry and then... They fit with me, but then they want to leave or go do something else because, you know, I'm not moving at their pace. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I move at a quicker pace than most people, but when it comes to my original music, I definitely am not rushing anything. I'm not trying to super compete with anybody and be like, I'm better than you or I can get it done quicker than you. You know, I just want some fucking recognition out here man i'll be real with you you know and it's not stomping my feet and throwing a fit to get my way to get the recognition like i've earned this shit man and i don't like hearing people say that either you know but i'm almost 40 years old out here dude doing this you know i've represented our state twice in the international blues competition worldwide Nobody knows that. Nobody cares about that. You know what I mean? Whatever. But I did it. There's a story, shit like that. And I feel like at this certain age, are you either going to just do this as a hobby and piddle fart around and be in some cover band of some bar? Or do you want more out of it and want to get royalty checks and better your life and really have that self-expression and that release, because I feel like if I don't have that release, I'm not right. I'm angry. I'm a dick. My, my vibe's off. The world is just caving in on me. You know, it's the outlet. It's the release. But it's the way I have to do it. I don't need to be censored, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I'm being censored in other ways, in other genres. And a lot of people out here only know me as the sound guy. Because they've only seen me doing sound, and you get roped into that stereotypical, oh, yeah, he's a sound guy. Of course he thinks he plays music. I've been playing music before I was a sound guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's a weird thing. And I want to work with, I would like to work with as many people as possible out here, man. And, and get rid of, get away from all this clicked up bullshit out here. Because yeah. I don't do that. I'm not cool with that. Yeah. You know, I'm a loner for sure. Uh, I'm cool with all these little clicks around here, but it is clicked up. I don't give a damn what nobody says out here. It's also clicked up, man. Yeah. You know, debate me. 
All you guys want. Whoever listening to this, no, toss is clicked up. <laughs> it is. I agree with you. And check this out. As a sound dude, I knew that if I become a sound guy, I can infiltrate that click. I can infiltrate that one. <laughs> I can infiltrate that one. You can't tell me no or shut the door on me because I'm not just a bass player for that genre. Or right. just doing features for that, or just playing guitar for that, or just doing session work for that. It's introduced me to fucking everybody out here, you know? Which is also a trippy thing, because now I feel like I have to... I can't lower my bar, you know what I mean? Like, my shit has to be somewhat good, or I'm just talking a bunch of shit. Yeah. Really, yeah. you know what I mean? And just being egotistical. And I don't, I don't need that. Like you mentioned, there's a shitload of great musicians in this town, great bands. Did you mention like the clicks and that kind of thing? Like, what do you think the state of the music in Tulsa is right now? Do you think it's in a good place, or do you think it could be? It a was. Lot better? It, it, it was in an okay place, and then COVID hit. Obviously, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, outside of that, uh, it could be better. It really could be better. Yeah. If people could just get over their damn selves, you know? Yeah. It could be a lot better. If people weren't... I feel like there's some people out here that are solely in it for them, even though they say they're helping out the community or they say they're not biased. I mean, I could go down a rabbit hole with that, too, you know? And you can't fool me, man. I've seen your act. I know your people, I've loaded in your gear, I've ran your sound, I've been to your place, you know, and if I haven't, it's six degrees separated from me. Yeah. So why even be like that, you know? And I think that intimidates some people to come and work with me because I guess that's uh, aggressive or whatever, or it's probably some negative personality trait that I have about me. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's... It, Tulsa's full of great artists, man. This is a crazy little town, though, if you think about it. Yeah. It, it really is, man, but there's people that don't need to be out here doing what they're doing that don't play music. <laughs> you know, certain uh, quote-unquote promoters that just take your fucking money yeah. and try to tell you what to do and how to do it. It's like, well, that ain't going to work. But hey, if you're that naive to listen to them, you need to learn them life lessons. You need that experience. You know? Yeah. Everybody's got to learn one way. Right. I guess. What do you think about, you know, having been a part of this for quite a while now, like compared to the 90s or the early 2000s, like how the scene was then compared to how it is now? Do you think we're in a better place or do you think it was better back then? I think it's better now. Yeah. I think it's a lot better now. For sure. Hell, we were doing... Matter of fact, we were doing great, man. Uh, we got a ride up in the Rolling Stone. Did oh, you see yeah. that? Yeah. Like, Toss is the next Austin or some shit like that. It's like, we've been that. Yeah. We've been that. Y'all just don't come down here. Y'all yeah. just don't fuck with us. You know? <laughs> and then we've had, like, D-Fest, that little festival. That was great. Yeah. Center of the Universe. That was great. Like, all we could do it. We They just don't do it. Yeah. Like, whoever is running the city that don't give them the permits or whatever it's coming down to, 
is kind of salty. You know what I mean? Yeah, isn't that what happened to the center of the universe? Yeah, thing? that's exactly what yeah. happened to them. I mean, they still got the Hanson deal, but... The Hanson day, yeah. Yeah, they still do that. But everything is just so weird, man, with this COVID, putting everybody on pause. And also, I don't want to write no damn song about, what, COVID, man? Don't you think everybody's writing a song about this shit? Yeah. Come they're on. Starting to, they're yeah, starting everybody's to talking about, duh. <laughs> we know what your subject matter is going to be. That's vanilla to me, man. That's You ain't got nothing better than that. Everybody's going through it right now. <laughs> everybody's going through it right now. And I want to make music that people can relate to, you know, yeah. or, or at least like release some aggression to go skateboard to or something, you know? Yeah. Was your, uh, like the hip hop stuff you were talking about, would that be a totally separate project or would that be something you release yeah. under the Dirty Rotten? That's, uh, it'd still be under my Dirty Rotten music label. But like I said, I branded myself Dirty Rotten with that metal or type that of rap stuff, stuff. Yeah. so you know i'm not really gonna brand myself i'm still gonna be called the same thing but i don't know man i'm battling it to be honest with you i don't know you know i don't want to look like a clown out here trying to you know grasping for straws because doing all these different genres people will perceive you as oh you're just trying to do whatever you can do you know, to make it one way or the other, like a one-hit wonder type of thing in any genre. It's like, that's not the case. I'm just feeling a certain way. I want to do it, you know? Yeah. I want to do it. And yeah. I feel like I'm old enough now that I've got a story to tell. I've lived enough that, you know, it's not about diamonds and jewelry and 20-inch rims and shit like that. Yeah, I'm open once this, you know, once shows start picking back up more, then maybe it'll, maybe it'll drive more people to local shows, you know? Because it seems like if you go to a show of like area or regional artists, it's real hit or miss. Like there might be 20 people there, it might be 120. But maybe just the lack of shows will drive people back out next year. I don't know. It's a tough thing, man. Yeah. It It's... It's rocked my world so much that I thought about not even going back, not even going back to running sound. Really? I really did. Because after a while, it's just the same shit over and over again, man. Yeah. I mean, you got cool experiences, sure. But it's just a job at the end of the day. Right. You know, I'm nobody special. It's just what I grew up to do, man. So what? <laughs> you know? I mean, I still love it, and it's fun. To me, it's not even work, really, you know, but after you've done it for so long, and then, like, where else are you going to go do this at here in Tulsa? What I do. There's only a handful of venues you can go work at that are worth the shit, that are going to pay you worth what you're worth, Yeah. you know? Or you just don't do it. Or you pick up and move and go do it somewhere else. But then again, I'm invested in it so much, I'd be a fool to quit. And then that's where I do that Jekyll and Hyde thing, man. <laughs> you know? Being torn one way or the other. Do I keep doing it or do I don't? Or I don't know. Has the Vanguard started doing shows again? 
I've seen no. a few places have, but I didn't think they were okay. No. Is there any? Is there something on the calendar coming up? Um, or is it, I mean, do they have an opening date? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I really don't. It was like way soon. What was that? March fifteenth, right? When they when they told everybody you can't have more than fifty people. Yeah, because the that? last show I went to was March sixteenth. It was sixteenth at Mercury. Goddamn. Then the fifteenth was yeah. my last show. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was just poof. That's it. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. What? Here I am working for them full time. Three years has went by. You know what? I just bought a new car. What? Oh shit! You know now nothing's gonna open up for three months, and then they do open stuff up, and now they're shutting stuff back down. Yeah. God. And it's a weird time for musicians too, because it's like, is that selfish of you, of me, to promote my music during a time like this when? People don't have shit and they're suffering and, or, you know, I'm getting that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be just a selfish piece of shit, but I don't know. I mean, I've, in the last two or three months when we've talked to people, it's kind of been one way or the other, you know, people say like, yeah, I don't want people to try to decide, should I buy food or should I buy this part of music? That's where I'm at. (laughs) But then other people are like. Like you said, music's your life. Right. It's we all fucking love music. So it's like if you if you're down and a new song comes out by someone you like, I would think that would be a positive, you know. Yeah. So and I mean, then, it's, and it could go either way. That's that's what I've been going through, man. That's honestly why I haven't released my new song. It's done. It's ready to go. Artwork and everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh. You know, because like, is it that important? Is it going to make a change for anybody's life? Or should I even do it right now because the world's all screwed up? You know, is it a bad time to do it? Because if I release it now, will it not do good? You know, timing is everything in this game, man. You can't, I, I feel like you can't just dump all your fucking music out there. Like you said, with that album situation, you know, you got to time it right. Yeah. You got the social trends and what people are feeling. If you if you want to go that way and be serious and and be known and make some money, you know, and put out a good product to where not just locally people hear it, regionally people know about you now. You know, globally people know about you now. I've got fans in India and stupid shit like that that I I get more radio play and have more fans and more stimulation for, through my music from the East Coast, West Coast, and globally, I'd say a hundred times more than I do here locally. Wow. Wow. <laughs> KMOD won't play my stuff. Don't know why. Donk, don't know why. Submitted wow. a thousand times, don't know why. The Edge, won't play it, don't know why. Yet I'm getting global radio play. Like, what are you guys doing this for? What's going on? Yeah. You know? And I'm the type of person that I wanted to tell people when that happens. 
you know, like, hey, yeah. why aren't why aren't you what's going on here? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you why aren't you spinning my music when you're spinning something that's eight years old and that band doesn't even exist anymore? Yeah. And you're still playing their music, but you won't play mine. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. So that you know, to each his own, do what y'all wanna do. That just lets me know I'm gonna go somewhere else, man. You know? Yes, I've seen a couple other people say similar stuff. Mm-hmm. I know Jamie, you know Jamie from uh, 13 Minutes? I think Jamie so. Jamie Kaczynski. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I know Jamie. That's right. Yeah, yeah he talks a lot about about that, about how they get way more support everywhere else you outside will. of Tulsa. Yeah. You will. It's a weird place, man, because I feel like there's so many artists and musicians in Tulsa vying for the same thing or just capping off about the same thing and not really doing shit. And then when they do perform, look where they're performing at, man. Dive bars. You know what I mean? Not making no money at the door. Splitting the fucking door with four bands. You know what I mean? Is that really, you want to, you're that show hungry that you're willing to, to do the same shit you've been doing for years and getting the same result, man. But you're expecting a different result each time. That is insane. Yeah. Legitimately insane. Yeah, it's and the I, definition it's of it. definition of it. <laughs> and I, for one, was sick of it. And I stepped away from it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Because you guys talk all this shit about you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and blah, blah, we need to do this. And you do everything ass backwards. You, you buy t-shirts for your merchandise before you have a song out. Nobody even knows what you sound like, and you're trying to sell them t-shirts. Yeah. You know? You don't have to be a genius to do this shit, man. I feel like bands could get a lot more out of their band if they just focused on not playing these dive bars. There's a dive bar on every corner in Tulsa. Yeah. Really? And uh, I've played them. You know, we've all played them. But at a certain point... In your music career, are you just going to keep doing that? You going to be known as that, and that's it. Yeah. You know, that's what you going to be known as. That's all. That's all you want to do. Then you do you. That's cool. That's not me. I want more than that out of my life. You know, I want to make something happen with my life from the talent that I just naturally have. Why not? Yeah. I feel like I'd be a fool just to let that go. You know. It's a weird thing, man. Yeah. It is. Being a musician and a producer is a very odd thing. We're odd people. <laughs> Every producer I know is kind of odd, man. Really? Yeah. Intricate people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always asking why. Always like wanting to do better. Figure out more efficient ways to do things. Right. You know? I guess, yeah, that's the mindset you got to have whenever you're... And you got to know how to work with that person you're recording. Right. To get the best result. They got to be comfortable with you. And you got to be comfortable with them. That's why I said, like, I I'm, I'm, don't want to record just to everybody. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm, and I won't. Plus, I'm not even on that level, really, with that. You know? I help out some homies and their bands. And if I see some bands doing struggling but they're putting in the work and i know i can help them i'll do it and i have done it you know what i mean it's a great feeling man 
It's, it'll keep you going, you know? Yeah. But once again, here comes Jacqueline Hyde doing all that. I put my stuff to the side. You know what I mean? So now it's weird. Trying to find that balance is key, though. Yeah. And I think the older I get, I'm figuring out what not to do. You know? I don't know everything. But I feel like I know what not to do at this point. Yeah. I can, you can find all my dirty, rotten stuff on all the socials and all the digital sites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, CD Baby store is down for some reason because of the COVID thing. Oh, okay. Which is stupid. Because that's weird since it's, it's so stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, you'd think that's the kind of thing that could be done for Freaking from... stupid. Someone's house. What's fun- yeah, exactly. What's funny is, is that's the, the most revenue generating platform I use. Really? Is CD Baby. And then they just shut their store down because of this stuff. But it's on all that Apple and um, Amazon and Google Play and all that stuff. Yeah, Spotify. Yeah, Spotify for sure. You just got to look up Dirty Rotten. Well, kind of on a side note, besides body count, like what else are you listening to these days? Rage Against the Machine. I've been a major fan of them ever since I was little. Their bass player, I love him. Tim Comerford, he's one of my favorite bassists, man. He's so groovy, so jazzy, too, though, and just funky, man. Just funk, you know? <laughs> just groove and shit. I love it. And uh, there's so many. There's just too many. I'm a weirdo, man. Like, I've been listening to Run the Jewels a lot. Okay. I like to uh, listen to them play drums. Yeah. You know, because that hip-hop pop music i kill that shit on the drums man you know but when it comes to that faster shit you know (laughs) all the super fast stuff i'm not quite there yet (laughs) but uh i got some favorites i'm really into body count power flow i like them a lot oh yeah they're cool Uh they played the vanguard didn't they yeah but i was i I fucking missed it though i was playing a gig somewhere God, I wanted to be at that so bad. Yeah. I like a lot of stuff, man. Too much. Yeah. It's got to be the reason why I do this. Hell, I've recorded bluegrass artists. <laughs> Dennis Crouch came in here. He's recorded twice with me. That's his little album right there. His little, what do they call it, little 45? Oh, nice. Little miniature. Yeah. Wax. It's a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, producing that gives you the... The opportunity to touch in any genre you want, really. That's why I got into yeah. it. That's, that is why I got into it, man. Because as a kid playing guitar, I'd just sit in my room and just play to the radio, whatever song would come on. I'd just try to noodle around, or I'd play to the CD, you know, or the cassette. Back then it was cassettes. Yeah. And then in high school, everybody thought if you play guitar, you're just too cool, <laughs> you know. But life happens, you know. Like, my first high school band, I was 17, and it was called AKA, and uh, the drummer is just me on guitar and, and a drummer. My buddy Jake, he lived right around the corner from me, and hell, we were so young, man. He was like 16, I was 17, <laughs> and uh, that guitar right there, that Ibanez, as yeah. the first guitar I bought for that band, I bought oh, that wow. when I was 17, and I still have that fucking thing. 
still use it? Still, every day. Really? Still record with it. Wow. Haven't had it serviced or anything. And it just <laughs> rips, dude. I've had that guitar 20 years, man. Nice. Yeah. But so I've known, you know, Jake for 20 years. And we had that little band and blah, blah in high school. You know what happens after high school. People go on, hap- life happens, this and that. Right. Well, you know, and then 20 years go by and, wow, and I'm doing music with this guy again, man. You know what I mean? How crazy is that, man? That's great. Still know this guy. Still doing music with this guy. Music is something that connects people, man. You don't even have to speak the same language. Yeah. And you can connect on music. Yeah. Pretty wild. That's why I don't want to be limited on any genre stuff. I don't want to be known as a rapper. I don't want to be known as just a metal artist. I don't want to be known as a drummer, a bassist, a guitar player. I want to be known as a musician, producer, that I, I can do it all and I want to do it all. And I have done it all, you know, and you yeah. can go and hear all the shit that I've done, you know. So I've also hit up all the major studios in town. You know, I don't want to say any names to not promote anybody but myself. Because <laughs> fuck everybody else but me, right? Yeah. But they don't respond back, you know. They're like, eh. I'm like, all right, bro. You mean as far as working with them? Yes, yeah, okay. like going to engineering for them and, you know, doing session work for them, but as an engineer. Gotcha. And just writing me off, not paying attention, whatever this and that, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, dude. That's what motivates me, man. You know, keep yeah. sleeping on me. Keep underestimating me. Keep writing me off. Or they ask me, what kind of experience do you have? And you just like face palm. <laughs> like, do you want me to send you a novel of the shit that I've done? Or can you just fucking meet me as a, in real life, man to man? We can talk about some shit. Yeah. And I can do you some work. What's up? Yeah. But I can be pushy like that, though. <laughs> But that's how I got my music doing good, man. Yeah. That's how I'm getting royalty checks. And if they don't like it, fuck them. I don't care. Yeah. You know, that's what Dirty Rodden is, man. If you don't like it, fuck you. I don't care. Straight up. Hell yeah. I'll be your buddy and I'll be civil with you. But if you don't like my shit, I don't, I don't care. Move on. Yeah. Keep it moving. Same with me. If I don't like your shit, I'm keep it moving. Yeah. There's no reason I'm to not, focus or dwell no. on that because everybody's got their own right, man. mind made up on what they like. And I respect like that so much when yeah. somebody is like that, you know? Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this. Finally, glad we finally got to... Yeah, I appreciate you coming over, man. I didn't know... Finally got to do this, yeah. Uh, how, what to say. <laughs> how to act, you know? <laughs> I'm just a... Well, I had a freaking outline here and i never even looked at it so that's a good sign i, you know? I did too <laughs> i had all these notes and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna wing it man yeah i think we had it all anyway. this type of dude i am yeah but yeah you can check my stuff out it's uh at dirty rotten music on facebook i'm on all the socials just look up dirty rotten you can know, i'm on youtube i got some hip-hop stuff out on youtube too if y'all want to check that out just made a little song clip stuff. Okay. Uh, full-length song, but no video. You know, just like a picture playing. But yeah. there's a couple of tracks I did on there. And that's under Dirty Rotten as Yeah, well. it's under okay. uh, Dirty Rotten on YouTube. It's my uh, Gmail account. It's Dirty Rotten Music Incorporated at Gmail. 
if anybody wants to email me about studio time or whatever. And I'm cheap, dude. I'm like $25 an hour studio time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think there's a studio in town that can beat my prices and beat my turnaround time with the same result I have. As a matter of fact, I challenge any studio in Tulsa to what I just said. (laughs) Hell yeah. Straight up. Yeah. I mean it. That's bullshit, man. Charging people 50 bucks an hour for some old bullshit that you just... You know, come on, man. You already know these people are starving artists anyway. Yeah. Unless they're established. Yeah, get their money. That greed that shit don't play with me, man. No. You know? And I feel like, hell, I ain't nobody special. If I can do this, the next person can do this. You know? Why don't we all come together and do some cool shit? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, it comes back around to you as well. Yeah. You do good shit for people. I'm a big believer in full circle but i'm just trying to get that recognition get my music heard my music needs to be heard there's a lot of local people out doing stuff pressing their stuff people listening to it and i need y'all to do the same for me man go check my stuff out it ain't gonna hurt you (laughs) no it ain't gonna reach out a speaker and bite you or nothing (laughs) you know right may ruffle your feathers and get you in a mood but It'll be okay. There you go. Dusty from Dirty Rotten. A huge thank you to him for taking some time out there to talk to me. Like I said, we I went over to his studio and sat down and we recorded it right there. And it was a great time. This is one of those ones where I had an outline and I, as being transparent, as I think anyone would probably know that listens to anything like this, whether it be our show or anyone else's, You know, unless you're just some kind of master at pulling stuff out of your ass, you would probably make an outline of questions, you know. And that's what we've always done is, you know, we just have an outline to go off of and questions we want to hit bullet points and then, you know, just kind of throwing extra stuff from there. But every once in a while, interviews like this happen where I hit most, I think, everything I had in my outline, but I never looked at it once, you know, when we sat down and we started talking and going through this thing. So those are the ones that I enjoy the most whenever, you know, it doesn't feel like question, answer, question, answer. Thank you to Dusty for that. And like I mentioned up front and like you heard there in that interview, he does it all production, sound, music. So if if you have a band and you need some, you need some help producing, mixing, whatever, hit him up. You know, he's got two Facebook pages. He's got dirty, rotten ink, which is all the production stuff, and then Dirty Rotten, which is the music. So follow that. That's Slow Down Dirty Rotten and Dirty Rotten Inc. are the the two tags to follow there on Facebook. Give them a like and a follow. And once again, I appreciate him doing this. So let's get into this once again. Here is Creature from Dirty Rotten. <laughs> Yeah. 
Creature from Dirty Rotten. Like I mentioned up front, this is still the only place you can go on your own to hear that thing. I don't know. I don't know how to word that. Basically, it's been it's been played a lot of places, but it's just been played on you know radio stations and stuff like that. This is it's not. He hasn't dropped it to where it's streamable or where you can download it yet. And he's going to be doing that here shortly, early August. Not far off from that, but in the meantime, you want to hear it again, just click back and listen to this again. Or go to our episode with Violent Idols. That's where we de- you know, debuted the song back in early July. Once again, there you go, brand new Dirty Rotten. Alright, if this is your first time listening, I appreciate it. Give us a follow on all our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also follow us on YouTube, subscribe at The Thunder Underground. We have a lot of videos on there that are separate from the podcast, like album reviews, live reviews. I did that, like I said, that hella hot hot sauce unboxing and tasting of Florida Frank's hot sauce. We actually did a taste test of cheese here about a year or two ago whenever Aldi put out those Guns N' Roses and Def Leppard cheeses. So, you know, just random stuff like that. We've also got, what was this, episode 279, so there's 278 previous episodes. And I promise, if you dig through there, there's probably been a guest that you like. Even if you're picky as hell and a music elitist, there's got to be someone in there you like. I mean, guys from, you know, all genres. We've had a lot of guys from thrash metal, like guys from Megadeth, Toxic Holocaust, Testament. Death Angel, Battlecross, Insight. We've also had on Gene Simmons from Kiss, Bruce Kulik, guys from Def Leppard, Guns N' Roses, Prong, Crozier Conformity, Avatar, Seven Dust, Warrant, Tesla, Bisto Blanco, Chuck Garrick from Bisto Blanco's Alice Cooper's bass player. We've had on James Lomenzo from Black Label Society, or formerly of Black Label Society, and John Fogarty. Hell, this list is long as hell, and I'm happy to announce that Glenn Hughes will be the guest next week. Recorded the interview with him earlier this week, and that was very cool because that guy is not only one of my favorite singers of all time, he is one of the greatest singers of all time, and I don't believe that that's up for debate. I know that that's an opinion, but I'm just making that statement. We've also got an episode coming up soon with another amazing singer, which is Nick Reese, the vocalist for Joyous Wolf, a newer band that has a kind of a a classic sound, you know, like a lot of these bands like Rival Sons and Greta Van Fleet and Dirty Honey, you know, kind of have that, that vintage sound with that new feel. That's what Joyous Wolf has going on as well. So look for that one coming up. Also, you can listen to everything on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, Tune in Mixcloud, and if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say pretty much everywhere but Spotify. But guess what? We're on Spotify. They finally fucking allowed us on there. I don't know about allowing, but they finally approved it. Which you know it might have could have happened earlier, but I tried two or three times. You know, they've had podcasts on there for a couple years. I've tried a couple times and would get nothing from them. No approval, no response. And then I guess they changed the way you update it, because I finally looked this past week again. 
and you just enter it, and I was approved within like 30 seconds. So I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I just thought that was always weird, and I heard it was because we played music, but I knew that wasn't the case because I know there's other podcasts on there that play music all the time. So, but anyway, there's my rant about Spotify. We're finally on there, so you can listen to all these episodes on Spotify if you want. All right, our website is thethunderunderground.com. There's reviews on there. You can listen to the podcast straight off there. You can buy merch, all that stuff. I think this episode's been lengthy enough, so I'm going to leave it with you at that. We'll see you next week with Glenn Hughes, the almighty Glenn Hughes of deep purple fame, Black Country Communion, Black Sabbath, Tony Iommi, California Breed, and now the Dead Daisies. Can't wait for that. All right, once again, a huge thank you to Dusty from Dirty Rotten. Thank you to Hella Hot Hot Sauce, Med Farm, DEB Concerts, and Sunset Tattoo. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.